following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Thirty years of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee, featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown, and Young Guns Billy Derrick and Michael Sendrick. And now here's your host, George Plaster. Hello again, everybody. Welcome in. It is a beautiful Thursday in the heart of football season. Man, it couldn't be much better. We may need the rain, but the sunshine is very nice. And we've got a great show for you today. So don't go anywhere if you're live with us. Let's head up to the plateau and say hello to Coach Watson Brown. Watson, how are you? I'm live with you, George. I believe that. I'm live with you, buddy. It's wonderful to have you. Oh, I can tell you mean that. So good of you to stop by. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell how sincere that one was. Can you stay for about an hour and 45 minutes? I think I'll hang with you unless you throw me off. That's beautiful. Just hang, hang there for a minute. Billy, how are you today? George, I'm I'm great. I'm glad we got Watson for the whole show. We 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 got him booked. We we get all that football knowledge. I'm happy about that. Wow, Watson, how sincere did that sound? That was about as sincere as yours. Wow. So you <laughs> think he's double teamed today? You think he's double-teamed. just as bad, George? Let's line up in the middle of the camera. Let's center ourselves here. What do you move, mean exactly? Move, move towards me a little bit. Okay, fine. How's that? A little bit more. Okay. There you go. Oh, that's beautiful. That's a big old body that needs to move now. So you got to move over a little more. <laughs> inertia. <laughs> inertia. Is there an earthquake in Nashville? <laughs> it registered a four on the Richter. Okay. Let's get rid of him. Uh, we don't need him for an hour and 45 minutes. Let's say hello to Terry McCormick, who handles our daily Titans update each and every day during the football season. Terry, you sent me something 45 seconds ago, but I was not able to see it. So you just take this and run with me asking this first question. Is Ryan Tannehill more likely to play or less likely to play than you've thought? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, Right now, things are still kind of in a holding pattern. They listed him as limited today at practice. He w- he did not come out for stretch during the open part, but then in individual work, he comes out, he's got a jersey on, a helmet on, and we think, hey, he's going to do some stuff. And he stood around and kind of gave instructions to Malik Willis and uh, Logan Woodside during that time and did not throw one single pass. So – I don't know if they're playing the shell game with us and trying to make everybody think that he's going to play when he's not, or if they're truly just trying to uh, 
take every precaution necessary before they make a decision on him. Okay, take us through other news of importance uh, from uh, from out there. George, a uh, couple of things, a couple of other guys who did not participate today. Second straight day, no Jeffrey Simmons with an ankle, no Rashad Weaver with a back issue. Uh, Torrey Carter, the fullback, remains out. He missed last week's game. They are getting some guys back in limited fashion. Uh, Nate Davis has been practicing again. That's good. Zach Cunningham's been practicing again. That's another good sign. But uh if Jeffrey Simmons becomes a concern and Rashad Weaver becomes a concern, then all of a sudden this defense that's been helping to carry this team through much of this four-game win streak uh, would severely be hobbled. Okay, anything new on the trade deadline world? Nothing really uh, going on on the Titans front right now that, that I'm hearing. Uh, it's one of those situations where if they make a move, it probably would be something along the lines of a minor player added, maybe a, you know something to help with the offensive line, something to help perhaps uh, at wide receiver. Those are probably their two biggest need areas right now as we speak. Do you have any sense of anybody in the wide receiver world they have paid an unusual amount of attention to. No, I mean, one of the things they did yesterday, they brought in this guy, or Monday, actually, they brought in this guy, Chris Conley. He's a journeyman right. type. He's he's not the second coming of Jerry Rice or anything like that, but he's a guy who can help them out. He's a good blocking receiver, which that's something they really like. And uh, he's a guy who's a big target and can run a little bit. So it was a little surprising, I guess, that he was on a practice squad instead of a 53-man roster, but he was with the Chiefs where they seemed to stockpile receivers and uh, I guess got tired of waiting for his turn there and took this opportunity to join the Titans. Uh, I think he probably suits up and plays at least a limited amount this week against the Texans. Terry, you've been down there before when these two teams have gotten together. There is sort of a natural rivalry there. And I don't blame the people in Houston. They feel like their football team got stolen all these years ago. Is that still a factor at all? I think it is with some of the old time people, you know, the people who are mine and your age, George probably harbor some resentment against uh, the Titans franchise, because as you said, it was the Houston Oilers and they left town, the younger generation. I mean, you got to remember now there's a, a whole generation of younger fans who have known nothing but the Texans down there and don't even, you know, the Houston Oilers are just something that grandpa told them about. It's not something that uh, they remember or were ever a part of. So I think with the older generation, they're probably, you know, there's still some people who support the Titans down there and, you know, rather than support the Texans. But I think with the younger group, then the Texans is all they really know. Can we hear from Bud real quickly? Well, yes. <laughs> Terry, thank you. <laughs> Good report as always. Thanks, George. Terry McCormick, he starts our show every day during football season with the Daily Titans update. Presented by the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. They are proven to be trusted with your most personal asset, and they are Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. Give them a call at 615-906-8458. And also, don't forget about Sumner Funeral and Cremation. They are sharing their family with yours in your time of need. Now they've got two convenient locations for you in Gallatin and Hendersonville, and you can also find them online at SumnerFuneral.com. Sumner Funeral and Cremation, traditional, affordable, and dignified.
All right, George, let's roll into today's update. We we start with some hockey tonight. The Preds are in town at Bridgestone against the St. Louis Blues. 7 o'clock puck drop on ESPN+. George, how how do the pre- what do they do? I mean, where do they go from here? How do they find some sort of momentum and positivity? I haven't got a clue. Uh, I think this is up to John Hines to light some sort of a fire under this team. Uh, they were just downright listless against Philly, and I would contend Watson, if this goes on for another week or so, his head may be on the chopping block. Well, surely it won't. There's, we won a lot of games last year with, and and it looks like it should be on paper an improved team. So, I think it's just getting going here, get a win, get going, and maybe it'll start. Hockey is, I said it yesterday to Mark. Hockey to me is the most equal sport there is, and it all runs hot and cold. And they just need to win one. Maybe tonight they get one, get going a little bit, and then maybe we'll settle in. Well, there's certainly some payback due to the Blues. If you think back to last March, as the Predators were jockeying around for playoff position, there were two huge home games against St. Louis, and they got it stuck up their rear end bad. Yeah. The first one was a pretty good game that the Predators lost. I think it was 7-4. to four. The second one was an absolute embarrassment. They gave up seven goals in the second period, got ripped around eight to two, and most of us were gone by the start of the third period. Watson, I don't know why the Predators are about a 165 favorite tonight. I can't figure out why. They have done nothing uh, in the last three weeks since they got home. Something's got to give soon. Yeah, I, I've got my fingers crossed. I just hope they play well tonight. They just need yeah. to get one. If they get one and get going a little bit, I think they'll be okay. It's a long season, and I don't – I don't. everybody that's beaten them so far, the Stars, uh, Philadelphia, they're not better than us. They just beat us. So let's get going here. Let's get one tonight. Amen. Okay, there is some breaking news, Billy that I want you to give us that is uh, pretty dramatic in the NFL world. Uh, Yeah, Jamar Chase, George. I was going to get to the game tonight, but we'll get to the Jamar Jamar Chase uh, injury. He's supposedly out, going to be out four to six weeks. According to Adam Schefter, he's going to seek out second opinions after visiting a hip specialist uh, yesterday, but that could mean that the Bengals have to put him on the IR. So that is a huge blow for Cincinnati. Watson. I can't think outside of Joe Burrow, is there anybody they can afford to lose less? No, no. Uh, Those are the top two and neither one of them are as good without the other one. So, and uh, hips are dangerous, man. That is a dangerous injury. Those things can linger more than four to six. You, You get an issue within your hip and I've seen players lose seasons over them. So, that's a scary one. You get shoulders, knees, ankles. You kind of know what you do. Hips, hips and backs, George, dangerous. Let's watch it and see where it goes. Bingo. Yeah, so tough news there, George. Tonight we got the Thursday night game. It is uh, Baltimore and Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay is a minus one and a half point favorite in that game. 715 
uh, tonight on Amazon Prime. The Bucks are banged up. Both these teams are banged up. So this will be a huge win for for whoever wins. Tom Brady's uh, body language right now is embarrassing. Um, I know this is not the best time of his life, but my God, if you're going to get up there and do a press conference, pump a little life into it. Uh, Tom's been different than Tom all year, George. Yep. Taking 11 days off, going to a wedding and being away from your team day before a game. Um, acting the way – he's always been a aggressive, positive guy. I don't know. I, it, this is not the Tom Brady that we've watched for years upon years. And for his sake, I hope he turns it around. For the Bucks' sake, because they put a lot into him coming back and um, kind of catered to everything he needed to get him back. He needs to return the favor, if you ask me, and, and step up the plate and help this football team. Next piece, here we got uh, Kansas City. They've acquired wide receiver Kadarius Tony via a trade from the New York Giants. Tony has 41 catches for 100, 420 yards in 12 games so far in his career. And, George, that, that could be a dangerous little weapon over there in Kansas City, especially with Andy Reid figuring out ways to, uh, to get the ball to him. Well, that's the guarantee, Watson, is – while he may have been a disappointment with the Giants, you know in Kansas City, they're going to throw some balls to him. Oh, I think he's a talented kid. I think he's a very talented kid. And uh, didn't, I saw, didn't I read where they gave up a third-round pick next year? Yep, third-round pick and a sixth-round pick. That's that's They they think a lot of him. That's, that's, that's a hard. Very substantial. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty – that's if you get six picks, seven picks, I guess, in the draft, that's – Losing a lot of draft next year for this kid, and I don't see where they're they're weak at wide receiver. I don't under really understand why you you're dying to bring him in. What are they missing, guys? That I don't see. I'm seeing receivers make plays. Yeah, I was just going to say that Watson. They look better than last year so far. I mean, they, they look better across the board. They're more balanced. Right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm, I'm surprised. I was surprised about it when I read it to give up that much. And he's certainly not a Tyreek Hill burner. No, but he, he is talented. I And I don't think he's being used with the Giants for whatever reason happened there. There's no doubt a change of venue is going to help this kid. But especially going to Kansas City, you, you're going to have a few balls thrown at you. But I don't. I, we'll see. We'll see how they use him and what they thought they were missing to need him. That'll be interesting uh, with, with Andy Reid over there and Mahomes. So, Last piece here, Milwaukee Brewers president David Stearns has stepped down uh, from his role as president of baseball operations. He said today that he just needs a break, and he isn't he isn't thinking about taking a job with any other organization. Uh, he will remain with the Brewers, though, in an advisory role. So, Well, the big rumor that. is that the Astros are going to court him heavily. Jim Crane's a big fan of his. I think he's from down there. He's done a very good job in Milwaukee. But the rumor is the Astros, who maybe have some more important things on their mind for about a week, week and a half. Maybe. Yeah. Try we done? It. We're done, George. We're done. Okay. After the break, we get this show off to a rip-roaring start. Lindsey Crosby from the Auburn Daily broke a story yesterday that is a weird story with an even weirder reaction from Brian Harson. 
And the story essentially is if you want a red shirt at Auburn, you can either hit the door or hit the transfer portal. We'll find out more about this story when we come back. This is Main Street Media Television. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with a team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com. Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email Eric at rockcastlewealth.com.
We're back, and I think most of you know this. These are not the best of times down at Auburn. You've got a head coach who looks like he's under the title dead man walking in Brian Harson. Uh, you've got a fan base that's not happy with much of anything right now. And then you get this story that Lindsey Crosby broke yesterday in the Auburn Daily about uh, redshirt status at Auburn. And essentially what he reported was if you want a red shirt, you'll either have to quit the team or go into the transfer portal. And with that in mind, let's so hello, say hello to Lindsey Crosby. Lindsey, thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me, George. I appreciate it. So is, is that in essence what you reported yesterday? In essence, yes. If you don't have a medical reason to need a red shirt, and for an instance of that, look at quarterback Zach Calzada with the shoulder injury. He had surgery on the shoulder. He's expected to get a red shirt this year. But outside of that, uh, players who have requested red shirts to preserve eligibility uh, are being told your options are you can quit the team, which means giving up your scholarship and, and, and no longer having your, your tuition covered, or you can enter the transfer portal. Now, players can't officially enter the portal. Uh, with the new transfer window rules, you can enter the portal the day after the college football playoff field is set or the day after your head coach is fired. So they can't enter the portal now, but they're having to declare that they are entering the portal. And we've seen four players this week uh, go ahead and, and, and announce they are leaving Auburn after, um, after conversations with the coaching staff about their futures at Auburn. So yesterday, he had to answer to it a little bit in conversation with the media, and what he put out there was a bunch of gobbledygook. Uh, it's one of the weirdest answers I've read in a while, but Lindsay, he didn't deny it. It was a very interesting obfuscation of an answer, and he didn't deny the report. Now, he did also admit that he wasn't familiar with the report, which... Coach Harson, I worked hard on that. I'm a little hurt that you haven't read the Auburn Daily. But he did not deny that that was what they had done. Um, it, it's something I've heard from multiple sources, both players and non-players, that they have had this conversation with the coaching staff. Uh, some of them have, have chosen to make themselves available. Uh, they are suited up. But some of them have... Like you saw, Landon King announced this week he's transferring after the season. Tavares Dawson, who was a starter to open the year, has announced he's transferring, as well as Stevens tackles Ikevius Walker and cornerback A.D. Diamond. The big thing to me when you see all of this happening is 10 of the 18 players from Brian Harson's first recruiting class have either already left or have announced that they're leaving. Uh, and then 19 of the last 50 signees that Auburn has have already left. So obviously not a good situation. The optics aren't good. And I understand the argument where people say, well, you committed to the team. You need to be available to play. And I think that there's, there's levels of nuance here. And in some of these situations, Brian Harson's probably right to say you need to be available and play for this team. But in some of these situations, you're probably doing the player wrong by not giving them an opportunity to preserve their eligibility because they're not getting a chance to play meaningful snaps, but they're playing just enough to lose a redshirt. Lindsay, sort of give me the landscape here, because it's not like an athletic director can necessarily come out and say, whoa, wait a minute. 
I didn't know this. We're not putting up with this. Uh, clearly, the players don't seem to be very happy with him. The Auburn community isn't very happy with him. So where where is this headed? I think the, the obvious answer, and you alluded to it right before I came on, uh, the seat could not be any hotter for Brian Harson. It is very, very widely expected that sometime within hours of the Iron Bowl finishing, Brian Harson will no longer be Auburn's coach. Now, who is going to make that fire? And then the subsequent hire is a very interesting conversation. Uh, the, the kind of the rumor around town is that sometime later this weekend or early next week, we should have uh, a name for an athletic director. We don't know who that's going to be yet, but it appears that partially because players can leave as soon as you fire the head coach, uh, the plans are for Brian Harson to stay as the head coach throughout the end of the season, barring some sort of absolute collapse worse than what we've already seen from this team, from the fan base, and, and from the morale of the program. Okay, I know I'm going way too far with this. Probably not fair to Watson. I'll throw it to him in a minute. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go on the assumption that what we all believe will end up being true and he'll be gone at the end of the year. Does Dion's name get serious in this uh, hunt? I've heard Dion's name mentioned quite a bit. And I think ultimately he may even get a chance to meet with whoever the athletic director is. And that's going to be a big part of this. But Auburn traditionally has wanted people who understand Auburn and who fit into the culture of Auburn. And watching a Jacksonville State game or watching, I'm sorry, a Jackson State game and seeing Coach Sanders with his Twitter handle on the back of his shirt tells me that there's probably people in Auburn who would be concerned that he would be bigger than the program or that his personality would maybe overshadow some of what Auburn's trying to do with their football program. So I think that he may get a comp, uh, he may get an interview. They may have some preliminary conversations with him. I ultimately don't see him fitting in with what our, our boosters and what our team traditionally has looked for from their head coach. Okay. If I were to be a betting man, would I go Lane Kiffin, um, Hugh Freeze versus the field? What do you think? If you give me that list, it's it's really tempting to take Kiffin or Freeze simply because it's people who are familiar with the SEC and who everybody knows. Now, the question with with one with Kiffin is: Can Auburn is would Auburn be willing to spend the money required to get him to leave Old Miss and come to Auburn? The question with Hugh Freeze is: What does the SEC office in Birmingham do if you try to bring Hugh Freeze back to the SEC? You have to think that if he would have been back already with all of the hirings we've seen, whether it was Arkansas or South Carolina or Florida. You have to think if the SEC office were open to it, he would have already been here. So it's tempting to say Freeze and Kiffin, but I might take the field simply because I think Auburn's going to look for somebody who's not going to be a, a flashy or splashy hire, but they're just going to come in and build a program. My, my kind of dream hire is uh, Jeff Grimes from Baylor. It's somebody who hasn't been a head coach before, but has been a good recruiter, knows the SEC, and most importantly, specializes in the offensive line, which is what Auburn is going to have to rebuild over the next couple seasons. Lindsey Crosby, Auburn Daily, with us here on the show. Watson, what do you got for him? Lindsey, thanks for coming on with us. I, 
being in this crazy business as long as I have for all these years, this is, I, I, this is weird. Um, I've dealt with red shirts forever mm-hmm. and you get mid season, you're past your half the season's gone. You're hurting at a position. Uh, you've, you've got a kid that's good enough to play. Um, you go to him and you ask him if he wants to do it or not, but it's your call. It's not fair for us to take that away. That's kind of been the way. Go home, talk to your parents, come back and let us know. Um, did he do this with one kid or has he stood up in front of the team and said, I need you now. If I call you out, you've got to play. If you don't, it's just going to get out of here. How, how did this go down from what you understand? From what I've been told from sources, it very much was the one-to-one conversations. They've gone to players who have either requested red shirts or are getting close and aren't getting playing time. And and Landon King's a good example of this. Uh, Landon King's got 33 total snaps on the year. He got um, he had tw- he's never had more than 15 in a game. He's got two targets and one catch against Penn State, and he didn't even travel for Old Miss or for UGA. And according to sources, when they've had the conversations, the coaching staff has said, well, if we call on you, if we get to an emergency situation, we're going to need you to go into the game. Is that, are you okay with that? And if the players have said, I'd really rather not, I'd rather save the eligibility and have the red shirt. That's when they're being told, well, then if, if we're going to, if we've, we've asked you if you would be willing to go in the game, if we needed you and you've told us you'd rather not, so you need to go ahead and either quit the team or transfer. And uh, I'm not one to say whether or not it's the right decision or the wrong decision. I can see both sides of it. I can see the idea of you signed up for this football team. You're committed to being here and to helping this team. I can see the other side of take Landon King, for instance, somebody who they asked in the offseason. They asked him to change positions. Uh, and to do all of these things that's involved with moving from tight end to wide receiver, losing weight, learning a new part of the playbook, and then he's not being utilized. I understand his request, and I, I I would understand if my option was get used for three snaps against Arkansas and two against uh, Texas A&M and lose a red shirt or transfer to save the eligibility, I would have to think about transferring to save the eligibility as well. So from what I understand, it's been private conversations, but they've all unfolded very similar to each other. And it's been, if we, we are, you are an emergency option for us. And if you're not willing to go in the game, you need to leave. You know, I, I wondered if it was just one or two and they were kind of very close to being brought in at back to back or whatever. Mm-hmm. I could see the coach getting upset and losing his coup. You're trying to win games. The, he could sit there and might say, I need your help really bad. We can win these last two or three games here, whatever. And and then he loses his good. Well, if that's the way you feel, then just transfer. But yeah. you're telling me that's really not the way this went down. This was a this was a thought process. It was business like. He wasn't just upset. Is that the way you felt like it went down? With the the caveat of I've not been in those meetings personally and I've not heard that, from what I understand, this has been it's been the same behavior in multiple meetings and multiple conversations with multiple different players, and and again, it's something where these players, if you think that they can help you win, you would be using them in the games. Tavares Dawson's an example of this. Got twenty three snaps to open the season, 
11 in game two, two snaps in game three, and four snaps in game four, and then you haven't used him since then. So I think the perspective of these players are, you don't need me to win because you're not using me. I'd like to save my eligibility for the next player. So I understand both sides of it, but I can, I, I understand a player's frustration and I can see why if this is happening in multiple situations, why you've seen four guys this week alone announce that they are leaving the program. Lindsay, I think this is why college sports and I'll just take football been my sport. I think this is why it's going to be more and more volatile every year. Now this transfer portal piece is when things aren't going well, then all of a sudden everybody wants to leave. Mm-hmm. You, you can lose a program pretty dead gum quick now with the way this portal is. You get a you get a one-time transfer, you walk out the door and you're going somewhere else. You get to go on the portal and be re-recruited again. But I also see how you can – people are saying some of these teams have really turned the program around a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee, whatever. I'm not just saying Tennessee did it that way, but – this transfer portal now can also fix programs quicker. You don't have to do it the old timey way, bring in 25, then 25 more, then 25 more in your third or fourth year. You finally have got your own players. It's not that way anymore either. I think this transfer portal has opened up a can of worms that's going to make college football be very unstable, basketball maybe even worse because it takes fewer guys but it's going to be a very unstable business now. And I don't think it'll ever change back. The combination of transfer portal and NIL has really changed the way you have to approach roster management. There's a lot more. There's not that typical de-recruiting you used to always see. Once you get a guy on campus, you have to kind of bust him back down because he can leave right away. But I think the area that not a lot of teams have focused on that they should pay more attention to is going out and getting those guys on their one free transfer, because then when they come in, they do have that more traditional barrier to leaving of they have to sit out a year and lose a year of eligibility. I think about someone like a TJ Finley or like a Coy Moore, Auburn brings them in from LSU. They don't, they don't have an, a free transfer left. And so for them to transfer out of the program, they have to either sit for a year or graduate and use their grad transfer they still they've spent a year in a college weight room. They've gotten the development um, and it's harder for them to leave. So I think that there's there's a space there for a savvy coach who has a good ability to to recruit, to develop and to build an exciting program to go out and find a competitive advantage with the portal. But you're right. It's made it a lot tougher for most coaches to manage their roster and to balance playing time with or individual players with what's best for the entire team as a whole. Yeah. George, my last thing, um, Lindsay, do you feel like this? I'm a, I'm a big believer. I was an AD twice too. And I was a big believer when you're hiring people, you got to find a guy that fit. It's not just a guy that's won games. It's not a guy that's got a big name and had a great year the year before. Whoever you hire as a coach has to fit where you are, has to fit the program. And do you think that all of Brian's problems, because I, I know he's a good football coach, do you think all of his problems was he took a job he didn't fit in, Auburn hired a guy that didn't fit, and then all of these issues have come from that? Do you believe that's what this is, or do you think there's more to it with Brian Harson in, in an individual way? When you go back and you look at the tenure of Brian Harson, it's been very clear that his his – 
first and sometimes only answer to every problem is I'm going to coach my way out of this. And when you are the head coach in Boise, Idaho, and you are the largest, most noteworthy program in your area of the country, you can focus on coaching because you're going to automatically get players who want to come see you. Uh, you are the biggest thing in town. When you are in the SEC sandwiched between two, like the two greatest programs in college football right now in Georgia and Alabama, you have to do so much more than just coach. You have to recruit. You have to do all of the CEO type of stuff. You have to go to Bo Jackson's golf tournament. You have to do all of that extra stuff. And Brian Harson didn't approach this job with the idea of, I have to come in and be a CEO for this organization. He came in and said, I'm going to come in and be a football coach. And in the SEC in 2022, you can't just be a football coach. Yeah. You have to recruit high schoolers. You have to recruit your own roster. You have to go out and make relationships across the state with boosters, with supporters, with fans. And Brian Harson didn't do any of that. And in retrospect, if he had come in and done some of that, I don't know if Auburn's season would have been better, but I think you would have seen more fan and booster support behind him because he was putting in the effort in every phase, not just on the field. Yeah. George? See, I got 45 seconds for a ridiculous <laughs> question. Okay. If he wins at Alabama, does he get a third year? At this point, I don't think he does. I think wow. if he if he won out the rest of the season, he probably still would not get a third year. Okay. I think that sort of says it. Lindsay, thank you so much on uh, short notice for doing this. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Lindsay Crosby, Auburn Daily, joining us here on the show. After the break, the latest news on University of Tennessee football and stadium renderings at Vandy. Stick around. This is Main Street Media Television. For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties. 
Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Durad Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost, providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. a song we've heard before so a lot of the nations nations not nations nations spotlight will be on knoxville this weekend for the tennessee kentucky game espn has it as its game in prime time with chris fowler and kirk herb street tennessee as some of you know will wear black and let's take a look at what it is they're going to be uh, laying out there on us. Watson, I, I'm just kind of curious. I'm old-fashioned. I'm not buying all this crap. Um, <laughs> you know, this is me being an old codger, probably. But if yeah, you, you are. Pulled, well, thank <laughs> you. If you polled the 100,000 people in Neyland, in Neyland Stadium that are Tennessee fans, do they want this team wearing orange? Or do they want them wearing all this stuff? They can put up with anything if they keep winning. Um, if they you pull, they could wear black and gold if they keep winning. I think they'd want to keep a little orange in it, but <laughs> I don't think they care if they keep winning. If you poll, let me go at it a different way. If you okay. poll the hundred best players in the country, do they like this or not? It'd be one hundred percent yes. This is all done off of recruiting guys. They're wearing the gray. They wear the black. You're, everybody is starting to have a little change up. You stick with your base, but you're having a little change up. Players love this stuff. Uh, I can remember games when I'd pop something out that was a little bit different that that um, made a lot of difference that night. I mean, it just uh, it's unbelievable what it does to the kids. 
And that's what this is all about. This isn't for the fans. This is for the kids. This is for the recruits. This is for the players that are there. They want just a little bit of different. How many times when you watch people that wear the different uniforms that the kid commits and he's got on one of the alternate uniforms Mm -hmm. jersey when he commits? It's not basically the traditional one. It's one of the other ones they wear. So I, th- this is this is more the rule than the exception would be the way I'd say it, George. Okay. Do you honestly believe Kentucky can win this game? Sure. I don't think they will, but they could win this game. I mean, Tennessee has not played a bad game yet. Tennessee has played up to very strong standards, especially offensively. Maybe not defensively every week, but offensively? This bunch hasn't had a bad game yet, George. Just look at the quarterback stats, for God's sakes. I mean, they're out of sight. So, yeah, I I worry about this one more than Georgia. I think they're if they win this game, I'm telling you they're going to beat Georgia in Athens. I'm already saying it 10 days before it happens uh, because I don't think Georgia can outscore them. Uh, but this is the game that scares me of the all the ones they've had so far. This is the game that scares me the most. Okay. Let's go to your alma mater and mine. Apparently, this is release stadium renderings week. Not to be outdone by the Titans, Vandy has put out two different looks uh, of what their proposed – what's the word? I don't know if it's refurbish, remodel, redo – um, revamp, revamp, renovate. Thank you. Watson, Make, just making it look better. Let, let's, let's get a reaction. This is the little bitty end zone right now, which serves very little purpose. Give me some thoughts. Uh, I, what is that behind it? Is that a new locker room that's, coach's office? That's the basketball facility. So that's where the basketball men's and women's locker rooms and meeting rooms and everything is going to be different. That's really different. So, so all of that, that area right there would be basketballs used to be able to use that right in front of when they walk out their doors of their offices. And, and, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not big on that. Not that it means anything. I'm not big on that at all. I don't know why that would not be football related, man. That's, you could use that piece right there big time on Saturdays, uh, for football. So I don't know. It's, it's nice looking. It doesn't look like there's any seats. Maybe they've cut out most of the bleachers. Looks like there's maybe three rows of bleachers on the bottom. And the rest of that's probably for use with, I guess, maybe unless they're shutting basketball down on football day and just using it for football. Um, it, it's very nice looking. I like the, the, the shot with the, with the board up above it and all that. I'm just not big on the basketball piece being looking into the football stadium. Okay, let's take a look at the other uh, rendering uh, that they have put out there. This what, one, was this... was there not a third one that gives you more of a look of the press box side? The, these are the two best. These are the two latest okay. pictures of the renderings. And I think okay, this, so is is this, this, is this outside the stadium or is this – so this, the end zone or part end zone on the other end, what is this here? I don't know what this is. This view is from the basketball facility that we were oh. just looking at. 
So, so that the ends other on, end is being torn down. What's on the other end down there? So the other end, it looks like a little bit more seats than the other end zone we were looking at. Uh, but you see another video board. I don't know if you can see it, but another video board there on the left side. Um, but that's, I mean, I think that's the more appealing end zone. At well, least what, looking at. What's in that end zone, Billy? Do you know? I don't. When Candace, when Candace was on, she was talking about how that's going to be a straight connector to Magugan, essentially. So yeah. they're expanding Magugan, and that's basically going to be, you know, that what they what, across. So there won't be a street there anymore. No, no, they're blocking off that street right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're they're losing stands unless they're going up. They're losing seats then, correct? Because yeah. that's a yeah. lot of end zone seats gone right there. Yeah. Definitely go decreasing in capacity, which decreasing think, in capacity, which that's that's okay. It's a private school. They're not going to be, uh, they're never going to get up into the big numbers. Um, no. I, I mean, yeah, I like I like the looks of it. I don't want to be negative because I'm not negative. I just don't like the thought of not using the football stadium for football, and that that would be basketball in that end zone. But again. Yeah, that's that doesn't mean much. I mean, I I would think there'd be a lot of people not feel that way. That's just a little bit of the way I would feel about it. I don't mind having basketball in there, but have part of that take the building out further for basketball, but have a little bit on this end where it's football stuff in, in, that's looking out to the stadium. Yeah, I haven't could thought be about sky, that. Could be boxes, could be a lot of different things. I don't know. I think I needed to see sideline to sideline yeah. a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Well, I think they're kind of what they're doing is they're revealing, you know, when it gets official, because they, they still don't know what this is going to look like. I mean, that for a rendering, this is just kind of revealing, all right, we got this down. Let's reveal this. Cause we really well, haven't seen a detailed full stadium shot. Hey, I I'm I sure don't want to be negative because redoing and having something nice has got to be done. So I I'm sure not going to pick and pick apart something that's let's put money in it and let's put a nice stadium out there. And that's the number one piece. So I sure don't want to put this down in that way. Okay. Let me ask it this way. Will this be a game changer? Well, yeah, it, it has to be a game changer compared to what they've got. <laughs> it, it just has to be George. That's what I say. If it's nice, no matter what it is, if it's very nice and first class, uh, it'll it will help recruiting big time over what they have now. It's hurting them now. You you go into every stadium in the SEC and then you come to Nashville. It's just not something that as a recruit, let's say you've got a a four star running back that's interested in you and he visits four other SEC places and then comes to Dudley Stadium right now. It just it's it's going to be a detriment. So they've got to change that. So absolutely, this has got to help. Well, I Watson, I think there's a bigger issue. They don't have any fans. No, but maybe when the stadium is redone and everything, that some will come back. I, you That's know, a good point. I, I, you got to try something, George. I yeah, know that when you're right when we redid Old Dudley Field that I played on and then, then they, it is what it is today back 30, 40 years ago when they redid that, it did up the fans. It did. It did. You were, you were part of that too. Oh, sure. It, I remember about the time we went into that, we got pretty good. Yeah. That did help. 
That was in the early 80s, if you remember, George. And and uh, I think we moved in that in didn't 81. Wasn't that the first year of 82. the stadium? Was 82 the first year of the stadium or 81? I think it was 81. I swear I do. I think. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, right about the time we went in that stadium, we had a couple of pretty good teams. So that helped too. Sure. Okay, let's do this. Uh, we we've sort of <laughs> this has been stadium rendering week. Uh, <laughs> after the break, Watson, we will continue um, excellence. I, I don't know any other way to say it. The last two days, excellence. Don't show that on me <laughs> the way you did two days ago, and just throw your hands up and go, I quit. <laughs> What have I always said about this guy, Billy? He is a front-running dude now. Oh my! I, I'm I'm starting to remember. I'm I'm going back to what you said about him, Watson. Oh, that's I'm saying that the man is as good a front runner as there's ever been in the world. <laughs> Go Braves! Stat of the day is coming up next. Serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care with 16 subspecialized physicians. Our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor-trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year? I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor-trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor-trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. At Sumner Funeral and Cremation, our mission is to serve families as our own, celebrate the life of their loved one, and help begin the healing process. My whole family, including my wife and my mom and siblings, were very happy with the treatment that we received. I would highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation. We offer funeral, burial, cremations, and pre-planning services. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com. Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace. And we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. 
We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes, and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. It is now time for Stat of the Day. It is powered by John English Vintage Sports and Cards over in Shelbyville, Tennessee. They've got memorabilia, trading cards, antique and historical sports equipment, games, advertising, and many other different sport-related items. Of course, they are open Tuesdays through Fridays from noon to 5 o'clock and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 5. You can find them online at John English Graded Cards. Dot com. Also, Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. Give Eric a call at 615-490-7052 or visit rockcastlewealth.com for more information. All right, let's get into today's stat of the day as uh, Michael has fired another good one at us for today. And the front running George and Watson are uh, trying to keep it rolling. What is the only NFL matchup this week where both teams have a winning record. Oh, Lord. Well, we can eliminate the Titans. Uh, Ravens. Can can you look up there the schedule? No, I'm not going to cheat. I'm I'm not going to cheat. Is that cheating? That's not an answer. Well, but you find a schedule that doesn't show the records. That's what I mean. I don't think that's cheating. I don't even know who plays each other. I well, haven't seen the schedule yet. <laughs> Watson, I'm going to try and help you here. Okay, good. Ready? Um, New England does not have a winning record, do they? That eliminates J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah. Uh, let's think winning. Dallas, Dallas plays the Bears. They don't have a winning record. Uh, Vikings. Who do the Vikings play? Vikings play Arizona. They don't have a winning record. How about the Knights game? Are both of those have winning records? No, I don't think either one of them do. They both three and four? I think so. Um, We can eliminate Green Bay. Who does the Giants play? Oh, gosh. Um... Seattle, that's who it is. There you go. There we go. Oh, I think is Michael doing this on purpose? Because these aren't easy, though. I don't, no, I don't think these no, are these easy. are not easy. Watson, I'm behind you. Winner tie. <laughs> <laughs> that was well done. Oh, we're cooking with gas. Well, you again, you had to help me because I didn't even know who the Giants played. So. Well, you got us oh, started. Got us started. Okay, have we reached officially the 5 o'clock hour? We sure have reached the 5 o'clock hour, George. That's and exciting. Yes, it is. That means it's almost time for underdog picks. But first, got to talk 
about Middle Tennessee Bone and Join. I know Darren was uh, in on this sponsorship uh, last time he was in with us, so he'll be excited for this. Darren, they combine state-of-the-art orthopedic service with a family atmosphere, whether it's a sports injury, a sprained ankle, or a major joint replacement. MTBJ has the staff, training, and equipment that you need to take care of any patient in any circumstance. You can find them on the web at mtbj.net. Okay, it is time for underdog picks. It looks like the gang is all here. Uh, I see as we get them up on the board, I see Darren in the left corner. Darren, what was the injury that you sustained the day before our eight-hour draft marathon in 2003? A dislocated shoulder. Yeah, playing flag football. Yeah, Flag football. <laughs> <laughs> Watson will be proud of that. Yep. Yeah, I'm proud of you, Dan. Yep. Yep. football. I got to be honest. In fairness, I got tackled. He tackled me in flag football. Who is he? Huh. Um, I don't know the culprit's name because I was out of it and put in an ambulance and taken to the hospital. Oh, wow. Yep. Willie, when we hear that, even though we were mad that we were having to do all that work the next day, when he says dislocated, it's hard to get all that upset. Well, it was, it was not good. I was quarterbacking the team at the time. I was representing the station. I will say that we rallied to win in honor of Darren after he left the game injured. We did rally to win. We got a big two-point conversion caught by the 6'8 tight end, Justin Steele. <laughs> the big Sasquatch. Yeah. <laughs> so which station was it? Because we've been at several. Yeah, we have been at several a couple stations ago. 2003, what year? I think that was still 997. W whatever. This is going to be good today. I think George is on a roll. I think this is going to be good today. Welcome. We used to have this thing, Watson, when we would go to the phones and somebody would hang up on me, I'd go, you know, uh, John and Dixon, welcome to W whatever. <laughs> The motto being, do not hang up on us. <laughs> okay, so the gang's all here. Willie, uh, give me the traffic update. The traffic update, man, I'll tell you, it is not easy to get east-west no, uh, at, at rush hour traffic. But I made it. It uh, had, I think, about four minutes to spare. I made, I kind of was the, uh, I was that guy. Darren, uh, I, I did kind of swing around. Waze was changing routes on me. Yeah. And so around the roundabout, you know where the roundabout is? Oh, yeah. Uh, on Music Row, that area. I was not in the proper lane. And it was then telling me, Waze was telling me to get on the highway, and there's this long uh, line, and I just I just pulled the end around. I, I just I, – I swung around and went into a lane that wasn't – really a lane to get on the highway and I just kept going. And did ways, ways adjust? Ways ways adjusted. I you know what I was gonna say I couldn't blame it on ways. You know, <laughs> people just didn't they're gonna have to understand. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Wow. Just think but if you'd won. It, it saved wow. according to ways seven minutes. <laughs> wow. Nice. <Yeah. laughs> okay so I guess the first thing we do, Commissioner, is to review last week's uh, episode. Yes. Uh, it is time to review week eight Ooh. results. Wow. As I spelled results wrong. Wow. Already a mistake Lots on my end. <laughs> a lot is of that winners. Reuters? 
uh, whatever. It's it's results. That, that's that's what it is, George. Okay. <laughs> Darren McFarland, Oklahoma State plus the six and a half, and they won. They pull it out against Texas, forty-one to thirty-four. Darren, I know you were sweating that one out because I was too. I was pumped. I just got home from the ball fields early fourth quarter, and I watched. Well, fourth quarter just started, and I watched the whole rest of the game. And man, I was pumped. I would just say this, George. This is how popular this thing is. People are starting to call into the show I'm on and congratulate me on the underdog pick. And I'm like, I'm not doing an underdogs on this show. And they're like, no, I know, but on Georgia's show, congrats. I was like, oh, wow, okay. I love cool. it. So there you go. You tell my relatives thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Darren gets a big win, and Darren definitely needed that one. He gets his third win of the season. We roll through our week eight results with Willie Donick, the only loser this week and uh that i mean that's been a rare occurrence this season willie has been a frequent winner but uh, the bruins let uh, let willie down 45 to 30 loss gave up 45 to bo nix in oregon willie how surprised were you by this because because i know i was a little bit yeah uh i had faith in chase mccabe he made the pick in the chip kelly ball oh, that's right chip kelly going back to oregon i thought it, i thought i had a great story to it but uh, it really did not come to fruition there. That, that was really never close, was it? Not really, no. no. So what does this do to Chase's status? That's what I was going to ask. You know, I really don't have any other options, so I'm kind of stuck with Chase as my, <laughs> as my backup guy. Really? So it's not out of any um, great feeling for Chase. It's just simply you're stuck? Yeah, I mean, he did get me a win the first time. So he's one and one, which is not a bad underdog record when you get down to it. My other choice is Mahoney, which remember the general used to have his son come on and make the pick when uh, when he couldn't make it. So that's that would be my, my emergency plan. Along those lines, George, can I ask a question about, you know, fill-ins, just because I don't know how this works. You know, you guys know in, in two weeks – um, I go to the mountains. I disappear to the mountains, which I've done this trip for like 15 years. So I will not be with you guys for two weeks. I have someone in mind to fill in, but do they have to sign any like paperwork? Do they have to be sober? I mean, are there any stipulations? Because I was thinking about asking Greg Pogue, but I just want to make sure that you don't have to answer paperwork or anything like that. You have to have insurance. Hey, Darren. Darren, they have to have their COVID shots. As long as they've had their COVID shots, you can, yeah, that, you, you oh, can get on this show and pick. That's the one stipulation. I got a great line that I don't think I can use. Can he dress in a Santa suit? Is that okay? Oh, my God. Have you talked to, to Pogi no. about it? No, I have not. I want to make okay. sure there's no rules before I ask you. No rules, just right. Okay. All Wasn't right. that a... What was that? I have no clue what that was. Willie, wasn't that uh, Bloomin' Onion? No rules, just right? Bloomin' Onion? I, well, yeah, what was the, there, what was know, the name of... Yeah, the, the, they they advertised the Bloomin', bloomin Onion. Outback? Okay. Yeah. Go for a good no rules, just right? You could be right. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I do think there's a special ceremony, though, the commissioner has to hold. You have to be sworn in as a picker. 
Yeah. So we didn't do that with Chase, but we may have to. We may have to do that with Darren with, with, with Pogey. That might yeah, be a little, yeah. a little, a little dicey there. So I'll come yeah. up with a plan, and I'll, I'll make sure everyone knows when you when you got a pinch hitter, you, you gotta you gotta have some stipulations there. So we'll figure something out. But George, the Liberty Flames, give me Liberty or give me death. Is that is that what they say? Is that that's what, what I said. Liberty wins forty-one to fourteen over Brigham Young at home, up on the mountain. Hugh Freeze fired up. He may not be there next year. George, this was got- a coaching mismatch. Major. You got Hugh Freeze versus Kalani Sataki. Need I say more? You don't need to say anything. Man, else everybody there. got really quiet there. <laughs> so- Nobody said anything. Watson. Doesn't dare say anything because I, I I went after a coach. We know how that fraternity is. <laughs> hey, you can get on me and I never say a word. Oh, I, I mean, Willie and Darren said nothing. I'm very happy. I'm back in the competition. I'm not dead. I'm alive. George is back. So the front runner has arrived. And Watson, you warned me about it. Oh, if he keeps winning, it's only going to get worse. The the worst thing I'm telling you, he is the best front runner that's ever been slash worst. Just let him go. He could spend an hour talking about himself. (laughs) Now I know why everybody's quiet. Now I know why everybody's quiet. (laughs) Just let him go. You just got to let him go for a while. And then we can get on with the show. It's a darn good pick. Good pick, George. Good Thank pick, Liberty. George. Thank you. The, the Flames get the win, and George is moving up slowly right. but surely in the standings as Liberty gets a big win. Last pick in the Week 8 results here. Watson Brown takes the Gamecocks of South Carolina, and Shane Beamer, maybe another coaching mismatch here. Beamer outcoaches Jimbo Fisher, and they get the win 30-24. to 24. Watson, we, we asked you about this a couple of days ago, and you forgot what pick you made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I picked this one. It was four. So I, I thought all the six, seven ish, those good picks in there were all gone. I just, Texas AM just can't move the ball. I'm not sure they could move the ball on Hillwood High School right now, but that's the reason I went with it. Good pick. What do you think about that pick, George? Uh, it's a good pick. It was a good pick. I think I said at the time it was a good pick. I think you did too. Let's look at the standings. This is now kind of fun. Okay, so week nine standings. Here they are. Oh, looky here. We've had a little change. We have returned to form somewhat. Uh, Watson Brown still at the top, though, 24 and a half points. Uh, But not uh, not far behind him is Darren McFarland, who has uh, creeped into second place in a tie for second place with, uh, with Willie. Willie has uh, given up that second place, so big loss by by Chase McCabe this past weekend. Uh, Willie is 3-5 and five as well. George Plaster, 2-6, 14 points. He got a, two touchdowns, George. What yes, is it, week I'm, nine? I'm now back. George is back. But Watson... Well, well, hold on a minute. No reaction from anybody. What is... What's going on here? <laughs> I mean, we've got to get to the Predators game on time, George. I mean, we we're, we know you're going to do enough of this gloating on your own. We can't fuel the fire. Believe me, after you guys get off, we'll listen to it for another 15 minutes after you get off. So. 
What, what are you worried about, Willie? You haven't got anything to do. I, I've got right? no duties whatsoever. I have not. I've not. I can't. I have nothing to do. It's an ESPN okay. tonight. So, so if you have no duties, are you paying for your ticket? <laughs> uh no, no. Yeah. We have the old press pass. Uh huh. Which yeah. gets you a free meal with the media meal. <laughs> I taught him well. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's do this. We'll go to the break, and then what is the order of picking? Let's see here. The order of picking is Watson Brown, as we showed up here, Darren McFarlane, Willie Donick, and then you, George. So that is the order. And uh, I'm excited. It's a big week. It's a this could be statement statement Saturday for uh, for underdog uh, picks. I don't know. Mm. This is not a great week. No, no, it's this a, isn't a great week at all. The crappy board. Y'all yeah. don't like the board? No, no. no. <laughs> I didn't so, like it. I get first pick. <laughs> we'll yeah. see what we scrounge up when we come back. This is Main Street Media Television. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East. And for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. 
we get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Barner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric at rockcastlewealth.com. Time to release this week's underdog picks. We return it to Commissioner. What's your name? Oh, come on. Give me a break. Billy Derrick. Guys, it's another week. Week nine. Gotta get uh gotta get some good picks. I think a a, a big a big sign is that we had three winners last week. I mean, that that's that's great momentum heading into uh week nine. So we start this week with Watson Brown, Coach Watson Brown. The best so far, 24 and a half points. We'll see if Watson can keep it rolling. Coach, where are you going this weekend? Guys, I don't I didn't feel real good. I had two, but I'm gonna take the one with the more points. I'm gonna take Louisville and six and a half over Wake Forest at home. Louisville played better last week. They beat Pitt. They nearly beat Wake at Wake last year, and Wake plays North Carolina next week. So if they're going to have a letdown, this might be the week they do it. Don't feel great about it, but that's the pick. I'm going to take Louisville and six and a half uh, over Wake. Okay. So am I wrong in thinking? I'm looking at FanDuel right now. Louisville is a a plus three and a half. Is anybody else – Right I now? thought we did Vegas. What what time is the game? It is uh 2 30 p.m. on okay. Saturday. I've got four. I've got Louisville plus four, what I'm looking at. Okay, so I'm I've I've been going by FanDuel all season, so I'm gonna stick with that. And, well, and we're gonna pick one. I need to know what unless it is. you want to change it. it. Do you I thought, change? George, we were doing Vegas Insider. Well, I don't know. I'm not the commissioner. No, we're 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 I've been <laughs> oh, going off to you I'm, now. You yeah, buddy. I've been going off FanDuel all season. So, I mean, you can change it, Watson. If well, you don't like that. Change it. I don't, you can change it. If you don't like the three and a half. Well, you can have whatever line you want. He, ha- he, hasn't, he hasn't locked. No, you can change the pick. He hasn't locked in the pick yet. Three and a half is all it is? Three and a half. A card late is a card played. What, what is uh, – I hate to say this because nobody's going to pick it anyway. What is Oklahoma-Iowa State? Like a point. Well, I don't know because I'm not even. Oklahoma and Iowa State. One and a half. One and a half. Oh, good Lord. It went from the other one has it three and a half. Okay, I have to stick with it. I'll stick with it. Okay, so Louisville plus the three and a half. That ain't a good pick at all with that amount of points, but okay. Plus the three and a half against Wake Forest on Saturday. That is at Louisville. And uh, you might get a desperate Satterfield and, and Louisville team there. We'll we'll see about that. So, Watson, 
goes with Louisville plus a three and a half, and we will roll through with our second selection for week nine. Darren McFarland, of course, got a big win last weekend. Where are you going uh, this weekend, Darren? I know you said you, you didn't like the board. Darren, no. how many teams are on your list? Uh, two, four, six teams. Six. Yeah, and they're all just games nobody's going to be. Well, five of the six, nobody's watching. Okay. <laughs> and the one that will people will be watching, I'm tempted. I'm really tempted. But uh, uh, I'm just going to – I'm going to pull a – I'm going to pull a general. I'm going to pull an outdoor scene and just go, you know, general mission seats only, bring your own lawn chair game. <laughs> I'm going to go Eastern Michigan plus six and a half. Wow. Eastern Michigan plus six and a half against Toledo at home. Yeah. That is at 11 a.m., so early kick. Darren, help me with what you know about Eastern Michigan. <laughs> uh, they're green. Green. Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> I mean, has it come to this? They're they're five and three. That's all I got. <laughs> that's beautiful. Okay, so I think that's the first Mac pick uh, of of the season. I and, think. And as they oftentimes say about this time of the year, Watson. Once you go Mac, you cannot go back. <laughs> Oh man, it's about that time of year. Oh, what man. happened to Maction? They're not doing Maction. It, it's oh, no, start, it it's starting up next week. week. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'll see a lot of empty seats. Well, that's I the just, best part about it. I went. Look, the main reason is because that number, like six and a half and seven, has been working. Those type of games have been working. So I'm just kind of sticking with that theme. Yeah, I feel like you've gone with either six and a half, seven, seven and a half, one, you know, around that touchdown range all season. It has worked. So, yeah. uh, Darren, roll, rolling with the old method here uh, in week number nine. Willie, you are up next as uh, you try to kind of rebound after that tough chase loss uh, last weekend. Big one, big one for you this weekend, Willie. Yeah, we're looking for a bounce back. I'm going to go out to the Pac 12 and I am going to select Washington State. Uh, both teams are coming off of a bye week. They're playing against Utah. They're a home dog. Utah lost to Florida earlier in the season. They, they're they sort of, you know, they were supposed to be the thing out of the Pac-12, and it really hasn't happened for them. Is that uh, tonight? That yeah. is tonight. That's tonight at 9 o'clock. Yeah. 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 So I'm just going to go ahead and get it out of the way early. I'm going to, I'm going to oh. go for Washington State. There's a lot of two pointers or three pointers that look okay, but I, you got to get you got to get points in this competition. I don't I don't like going short. So okay. I'm going to so go with Washington, Washington State. Washington State plus the seven at home. You did say seven, correct, Willie? Um, if what you the say hell th- difference does it matter what he says? I'm just making sure You're he. Un- I'm, I'm making sure he understands yeah. that it's at seven. Yeah, I believe it is seven. Yes. Okay. I'm put I'm, your foot I'm down not, and act like a leader. I'm not asking him. I'm making sure he is aware that that it what the point margin is at. Judge, so. is it okay if we sentence you to three years? <laughs> what? So what what's the matter, Watson? You look disgusted. No. Oh, I'm 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 good. I'm listening. Okay. By the <laughs> way, Darren, did you have to have surgery on that shoulder when you 
No. You did not. No. You toughed it out. Well, I, I just had rehab. I think, Watson, and I'm not trained in this area, I think surgery is for if it keeps popping out. Don't they do surgery yeah. then to well, – They gave you – and it never popped out again, huh? Wow, you're lucky. Hold on. You're, you're no. very lucky. Sorry, George. I didn't mean to mess up the No, that's okay. Okay. That's okay. So back back to uh order. Washington State plus the seven. That's what Willie's going with tonight, nine o'clock kick, uh, as they bring in the 14th ranked Utah Utes. So that's uh that's Willie's pick there. We finish out with George. And uh the question is, can George keep this rolling? Is is he too high? It's like Tennessee. Heading into Alabama, can they keep this rolling with all this talk, all this extracurricular stuff going on? George, who are you going with? Uh, I'm going with North Texas. North Texas has suddenly become one of the powers in Conference USA. They go to Bowling Green to play Western Kentucky. Willie, the game is on stadium. Very nice. I did okay. have North Texas written on my cheat sheet with, you uh-huh. know, on a a piece of junk mail here, but uh, right. so I considered the mean green. I did consider, but I, it's Darren, already, they got a shot. Darren is, uh, are you, uh, I mean, was it on your list? It was not George. No. Okay. Well, I, I don't really care. I mean, Look, you, just, you don't roll into Bowling Green and push the Hilltoppers around. Okay. No, you're right. But I want to explain what's what with this game. Stadium. Stadium is channel 1179 if you have Comcast. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now, I've always thought, is 1179 not a high-def channel? It is. Then why isn't stadium in high-def? Maybe you're not selecting the high-def option for stadium because – in today's world, they have standard options and then an HD option. So you, might... I'm well aware of that. Okay, I was just making sure you you knew that, George. I was talking to the panel. Well, you're talking to the commissioner now. <laughs> no, you just stay out of this, <laughs> Willie. Have you ever seen a game on stadium? I have not. I got. I want honest. you to watch this weekend. Okay. Well, I don't have the same service you have. I have the satellite, so I don't know what channel stadium is on mine. I. Okay. I Quite certainly, I've never found the channel. I probably okay. have it and don't know I have it. Darren, have you ever viewed a game on stadium? I have not, no. I want you to this weekend. <laughs> I would describe the reception as fuzzy. Okay. It's fuzzy. With okay. some really interesting graphics. God, you have to have a microscope. Are we talking above or below CSS quality? <laughs> below. Oh, Lord. Now that's that's bad. Bare bone. It is really bare bones. <laughs> they don't pay for your motel room either if you're the announcer. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, that man. one went over better on an earlier show. Tough crowd. Tough crowd today. Mm-hmm. George, that's okay though. So you are picking North Texas plus 10 and a half versus bowling. Oh, why did I say bowling green versus Western Kentucky? If you look, I'm ten and a half behind right now. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. It's a little strategic <laughs> pick there this weekend yeah. for George. So, gentlemen, are we ready to review? Let's review. Okay, let's do it. We start with Watson Brown this weekend 
Initially thought he had a plus six and a half with Wake. Corrected him on FanDuel, said it's three and a half. He's still confident enough. He's not worried. Still in first place. Oh, yeah, he's, I'm real confident. He's going he's gonna to roll with the Louisville Cardinals plus a three and a half at home against Wake Forest. So uh, we'll see about that one. Darren is rolling with Eastern Michigan plus the six and a half against Toledo. So Eastern Michigan is at home, correct, Darren? Yes. Okay, Eastern Michigan, that is correct. They are at home against Toledo, plus the six and a half. My God, the game is on ESPNU. Yes, Ooh. I did. I just saw that. Oh, my God. Are you serious? I'm kind of surprised it even got on. This ESPNU. must have been mandatory as part of Maction. Maybe. It's a little, little Maction primer, getting us ready for Maction next, next week. So first Mac pick of the year comes from Darren. Willie. Decides to roll with Wazoo tonight. Late kickoff after the Preds. Get back home, Willie. You'll have a chance to catch it after the game tonight. Uh, see if you can get a touchdown. That'll be seven points if you get it tonight, Willie. So uh, it's going to be tough, though. The, the Utes, good team. So so we'll see about that one. George, North Texas, plus 10.5 against Western Kentucky in Bowling Green. Man, that would be a monstrous win for George. And that would... That would put you up there. Well, let me tell you where I'm coming from. North Texas just about had Texas San Antonio beat last week. UTSA scored at home on the final play of the game to beat North Texas. So you don't just push over the Mean Green. Willie and I have done a game at Mean Green. And back then, it was a dump. Worst turf ever. But what, what channel was the San Antonio North Texas game on? I mean, that sounds like an unbelievable tilt right there. It was on stadium. That's the game we talked about, didn't we? We were talking about the how many empty seats there were going to be. And I think we did confirm it was on stadium. So they, they play in the Tony and Susan Alamo. Did you Bowl. find that game on stadium? <laughs> but we, you just were flipping channels and you realized that there was a thing. Uh, this really? Is if you are watching that game, you are watching it for one reason and one reason only. Okay, let's just be honest. We won't speculate. What is that? What is that reason, Darren? You're a sicko. It's legal in the state. Okay, we can talk about it now. <laughs> that's beautiful. Are we done? Oh, that's it, mm -hmm. gentlemen. Good luck yeah, this weekend. Same to you. Why? Thank you, Commissioner. You got it, Willie. Willie, how should he come on at the beginning? Well, we're working on that. He's, yeah. he's going to work on presentation and also dropping the hammer when people get out of line about the lines of the games. Yeah, yep. I, I still got some improvements. You were impeached once. <laughs> yes, I survived. True, yeah. I need to ask Willie how he survived that. It was not by much. It, it came down to a vote. Darren... <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Looks like the hair product's working well. Everything is good. It's, Looks like you got a tan. It's still no, Oh, no, I don't have a tan. No, no. tan? No, no, no. When you go to the mountains. By the way, product. I do have a sweatshirt on, just so you know. I know I'm very white, but I do have a sweatshirt on. Okay. Okay. Uh, Willie, good luck tonight with whatever it is you'll do. <laughs> well, thank you. Good luck. That means good luck doing nothing. I'll, I'll be doing nothing. But right. In there. Why don't you sit in the penalty box instead of the players? Oh, <laughs> wow. 
Oh, yeah. Kind of drew blood on that one, didn't we? Turn in a hurry. That was a problem last week. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's see to it that it doesn't. Guys, I really appreciate it as always. Go East, go Eastern Michigan. <laughs> What's their nickname? No idea. Okay. That's good. Let's Willie? Go, let's go with Bobcats. I don't know. Yeah. Willie? Preds tonight. Yeah, we need it. We need it. See y'all next week. All right. All right. Good luck, guys. Bye, guys. We'll go to the break, and then we'll hear from MTSU football coach Rick Stockstill. Then, Watson, we will have the plaster bet of the day. Good. Can he keep rolling? Yeah. Roll tide. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's, we're not at that level. Roll plies. Stick around. This is Main Street Media Television. For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com.
Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. Providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. MTSU gets back into action Saturday after a bye week. They're on the road at UTEP. And earlier today, our own Lewis Maddox caught up with Blue Raider head coach Rick Stockstill. Time has passed since we last spoke. Uh, an off week for your guys this past week. Uh, and it comes off of a it comes after a homecoming matchup against Western Kentucky at home in Floyd Stadium. Uh, a really good competition in that game, and it ultimately went into the it went to the toppers' favor. Uh, kind of your thoughts after you've had some reflection on that game? Uh, you know, probably not any different than after the game. I thought we played um, a lot better defensively. You know, we gave up 28 points. Uh, did a lot better. We created some turnovers. Uh, I thought we were solid in the kicking game. And, uh, but we just didn't establish an identity offensively. We could never establish anything, um, any consistency. And uh, we had a hard time up front blocking them, uh, both in the run and the pass game. So I think uh, that was probably the difference in the game. You know, Coach, and I talked about that bye week, and I want to move on to that past that homecoming game because it has been some time since then. Uh, if you will, just kind of go over what your typical schedule for a bye week looks like and maybe what if it wasn't a typical schedule this year and uh, maybe what you guys worked on the most in, in your time off. It was pretty uh, similar to what we've done in the past. Uh, you know, we, we met Sunday uh, after the game and uh, watched it and talked about it. And Monday was their day off. And then we practiced Tuesday and Wednesday. And then the coaches went out on the road Thursday, Friday, Saturday recruiting. Uh, the players, like I said, practiced Tuesday and Wednesday, lifted weights Thursday. And so they had Friday and Saturday off, and we came back Sunday uh, and practiced and met and everything getting ready for UTEP. And a, a lot of success and a lot of ups and downs through the first half and some change uh, of the season leading up to the bye week. Uh, you played a lot of good programs, especially in the past four weeks of the season. How do you think the, the timing of this bye week will help your guys through the remainder of the season? I think it's good, you know, they've been going at it since August 1st. So, you know, you go two and a half months, uh, you know, of practicing games and everything. It's, it's, it takes a toll on you mentally as well as physically. So um, I think it's, you know, though we came back, we're fresher mentally, obviously. And then the guys that are playing, you know, you take, you know, three or four or five days of getting hit off your body uh, helps you. And then I don't think we're getting anybody back from an injury standpoint that um, they have been hurt, 
you know, but for uh, for the most part, um, you know, we're, we're we're fresher mentally and and physically than we were, you know, this time two weeks ago. Now, as we move into week nine, you'll be traveling on the road once again, uh, going down to El Paso to face the Miners of UTEP. That's a team that played last week. Got a got a field goal margin victory over Florida Atlantic. Uh, a little bit of confidence boost for those guys. Now four and four on the season. Uh, your thoughts on them through through this point? They're a really good team. You know, they're four and four, like you said. They beat Florida Atlantic at the buzzer uh, last week. They beat Boise State a couple weeks ago. Uh, they're three and one at home. They, uh, you know, they it's, it's a tough place to play. It's a tough place to get there. It's a late, late game, you know, so we've got to be really mentally and physically tough when you go on the road and play somebody like this. They're a, um, you know, a ball control. They want to run the ball and play action pass you uh, offensively, and then defensively they're all over the place. They're going to blitz you. They're going to play uh, man coverage. They're going to pressure you with different stunts and different blitzes, you know, on every down. So they're really good in the kicking game. They ran a punt back for a touchdown against Boise State. Uh, Their kicker has kicked 51 career field goals, and he's 15 out of 16 on the year. So it's a really good football team. Yeah, they've won their last three out of four, uh, the Miners have, and they've shown in those weeks that they have been able to put up some points on offense. Uh, and going over to your defense, uh, I think I, a lot of people would agree with me in saying this. They've progressed a lot as the season has gone on, uh, especially in that game against WKU and Floyd Stadium a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's it's uh, it's got to be a lot. Of, it's got to be a big confidence boost for your team to go into here uh, playing the way they are on defense with the guys that the, that, that the Blue Raiders have uh, to, p- to play an offense like that, and it's it should be a good matchup. Yeah, I think I think you're right. We played better defensively against Western Kentucky uh, than we did against uh, UAB and San Antonio. Uh, you know, we didn't play real good those two games. We played good against Miami, and we didn't play to you know those two ga- good games there, um, UAB and San Antonio, and played better Western. So we did a lot better job of keeping the ball in front of us. Against Western, we didn't give up explosive plays like we had the previous two weeks. So I'm hopeful that last week's performance uh, would generate a little bit more confidence in our guys defensively than the previous two weeks. Coach, you mentioned the running game for UTEP, and uh, it's it's definitely worth noting a team that comes in, and they, they like to have a physical kind of mindset about them, and uh, that's kind of their mantra. And I think the running game, everybody would agree, has gotten better for them over the past four weeks where they've had some success. Two guys in the backfield, kind of just like UAB, that can uh, really be a workhorse for their offense. What's the key for your defense to, to limit that running game? Well, uh, we've got to be good on first down, you know, because if you can be good on first down defense and force them into second and third longer situations, then it gets them out of their comfort zone and, uh, you know, it makes them want to throw the ball or make them have to throw the ball a little bit more than what they want to. Uh, but their quarterback is, is, is a really, really good player. The backs are good. They had a 72-yard touchdown run last week against uh, Florida Atlantic. Uh, but so I, I think the key to stopping the run or slowing the run down this week is going to be, you know, our success on first down uh, to try to keep them out of, you know, second and third down manageable situations. 
And coach, I want to stay on your defense for just one more second. Uh, a lot of a lot of young guys that have been getting more experience as the season has gone on, uh, but I think they've played a lot better than a lot of people expected them to. What can you accredit that to? Um, you know, one we got good coaches. Uh, you know that, and they they're you know just we're, uh, they they work hard. Our players work hard every day. Uh, they care. Um, they just, you know, had, a lot of them hadn't played a whole bunch coming into this year. And, uh, you know, they just, uh, their work ethic, uh, you know, and how they prepare each week has enabled them to play better. I still don't think we've reached our full potential uh, on that side of the ball. And uh, I think all of us can play better. And I think they all will. So, but, you know, those guys, uh, you know, they care and they work hard. And coach, if, if finally, if you got any in your mind, some overall keys to the game uh, for your Blue Raiders to get the win in El Paso this weekend. One, we got to stop the run defensively. We we uh, at least slow it down. Uh, that, that's that's the key on that side of the ball. Uh, offensively, it always starts with protection. You got to protect the ball, uh, and then we've got to become consistent. We can't. Uh, you know, we've got to be able to run the ball efficiently. Not, you know, we not we don't have to rush for 300 yards, but we got to rush the ball efficiently. We got to be efficient, and we got to uh, we got to protect and play better up front. Uh, and if we can do that, then it'll give us a chance to win the game. Coach, good luck against the Miners this weekend. We'll talk again next week. You got it, my man. Appreciate you. UTEP is uh, very much. Uh, improved from the, what they have been the last two or three years. Watson, when you were coaching, did you have a set pattern for what you did if you had a bye week? No, I, I thought I always thought it was what your team needed at that point. If we were really tired, we would back off. If if we were young and still not getting there, we'd take it and 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 have a couple of pretty physical practices. Uh, so no, I, I, I don't think so. I made that trip to El Paso many times. That's a tough trip. Uh, it's a long flight. You're playing late at night at, from your time zones and, and, uh, successful when we went out there every, every time we went, but it's not an, it's a different trip and it's not an easy trip at all. And good time to go with an open date before it. I think that'll help him. If you're really tired, then you got to make that trip. That's that's a tough way to go. I know we got to get to bed of the day, but Watson, from a school you coach at a school like Tennessee Tech, you know, Stockstool at MTSU, is it different? Is it totally different when you have to fly? Like, or is that does that not come into effect? Like for the players, as opposed to if you just got a bus ride, mentally they're like, okay, this isn't that bad of a trip, or is that not really play into it? Nah. That, I, Kids, as much as you have to fly in today's world, now, not at Tennessee Tech, but at UAB, we pretty much flew everywhere. Right. Uh, the conference was spread out all over the place. So flying, if we took a bus, we always said take a bus uh, three hours or less. Other than that, we'll probably fly wherever we're going. And and uh, I, we never lost to Memphis in my time and never took a flight to Memphis. We always bust. So I don't think buses bothered us too much. Actually, I took a bus out of Memphis. 
Okay, you ready for bet of the day? Oh, you're doing it. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's get to it. It is time. Watson, I've got the calculator out. Winning percentage. Man, I didn't think it'd be this bad, Watson. But here we are. Here we are. It's it's time again for Blaster's Bet of the Day. Powered by Bart Durham Injury Law, they have aggressively protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you, too, have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, or at your workplace, let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need. Learn more about Bart Durham Injury Law by logging on to bartdurham.com. Okay, let's get to the result last night. The Tampa Bay Lightning pulled it through. What What's up, what's up with the NBA and the NHL working here for you? 58 and 60 record now with back to back NHL and NBA games. Watson, so, that's 49.2%. That's up from 48.7. That's good. <laughs> oh, that is shameful. Uh, go ahead. You going NBA or NHL tonight? I mean, that's what I would do if I were you, Jordan. Oh, no. No. Uh, you got to go with the football game. Watson, I don't know. I mean, neither one of them are playing with any zip at all. I went with Tampa because they're home and the same old Thursday night stuff that you've got less time to prepare. I need to see Brady look halfway interested. Yeah, I think I think you will tonight. That, I think enough's enough. So I, I, if he don't tonight, I'm going to say look out. Only negative I'd have about tonight is that offense Baltimore runs so different than the rest of the league, and they didn't have very long to prepare for it. And uh, that would be the only negative I see for Tampa, but I think I'd pick Tampa over Baltimore. I hope he's right. You got his approval, George. Well, because the here's what the strategy is, Billy. We win tonight. We have about five games tomorrow for the weekend. And we come back on Monday over 50%. Man, and you got all the football we need. I don't know if you know this, Watson. I told George this before the show. From here on out, we got 27 straight days of football on every day with Maction starting next week. So we'll have a lot of opportunities. I mean, this is this is the best time of year. No yeah, this is, when, this is when Mac ball starts coming into play. Mm-hmm. So it's... Their their turn. It's plasball. <laughs> plasball. Man, front runner time. We're out of here. Let's put Watson back up there for a second. Watson, we're going to miss you tomorrow. Oh, good. Talk about me. <laughs> Talk about me some. What do you want me to say? Uh, what, J- George, whatever's on your heart, baby. <laughs> whatever's on your heart. Thank you for being with us. Okay, pal. See y'all tomorrow. Billy, see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. This is Main Street Media Television.